Welcome to episode 541 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a wonderful conversation with regular contributor, British Indo-American poet and visual artist from her place in Sacramento, California, Roni Bopla. We talk with Roni about her new job teaching science outdoors, being happier, macroinvertebrates, our responsibility to the natural environment, falling into literature, trying to figure out your path, aging, wisdom and innocence, scattering her mother's ashes in the Bay of San Francisco, challenging tradition for the sake of the future, feeling alive versus being alive, rituals, trust, healing, toxic positivity, balance and acceptance of self, among other things. A wonderful conversation with Roni Bopla this go-round. We also have an EW poem titled Up the Line. And of course, all of this will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes, one of which Roni chose herself. Let's get to it. Episode 541 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. Do you realize 
Is that you? It is me. Is this E.W. Conundrum Demure? <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> I am so happy to hear your voice. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm happy to hear your voice as well. It's been several months, and uh, I w- one of my favorite things on the show is to have you on for a conversation, I have to admit. Thank you. Likewise, I enjoy being part of this conversation, this ongoing conversation that you and I are having. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I was looking at the list of topics you want to delve into. I can tell it's going to be another excellent one. Thank you. And um, for those who have not heard our conversations in the past, let me give you a little bit about Roni. She's a British Indo-American poet and visual artist. And we're speaking with her, I believe, unless you... Uh, moved, I don't think so, from your place in Sacramento, California. Absolutely, yes. I'm still here in Sacramento, going strong. That's excellent. I know you have, uh, I think we're going to get into, you have a, a maybe a new position, a new job. Yes, yes. It's uh, It's very rewarding already, so I'm excited to share that with you and the listeners and the why as far as why I picked this particular job and and what's going on with it and how it ties in with my artistic practice. And in your artistic practice, you're talking uh, more about the visual or the written word? Well, I think both. Um, This is a position, I was looking for a part-time job where I could work, um, be part of a, a big conversation with people who are professional and doing something valuable in the community. But it's it's a science-related job where I get to combine both my passion for science, my passion for teaching, and my passion for literary and visual art. So the visual art comes in when I'm out in the field. So this is a, a teaching job where I'm out hiking and I meet students who come from school and they join me on the trail and we talk about certain things that are happening on the trail. For example, what are the critters that are out there? And part of that is teaching them how to be stewards of the environment. And we do draw. So I'm, I'm fairly new to the position. I just started August 25, so I haven't done a whole lot. There's been a lot of training. So, um, so that's how I've kind of landed in this place and I I'm I'm excited to be happier um, than I have been Um, I was happy and now I'm happier because now based on what you and I have shared alone I am 
combining my my literature, my my visual art as well as my background in science. And I don't think I've talked about my science background much on no. the show. Yeah. So that's generally what's going on. So and, and it's a hard time position. And you know, those tend to be challenging as well as um you know, it it takes a lot of sort of uh, time management. You know, you're you're trying to do work, but also trying to maintain your life, and and kind of jumping back into the the work arena. What level are we talking? Uh, is this high school or college or middle school? This is this is second, third. Sorry, third grade to fifth grade. Oh, excellent! Elementary elementary yes so uh and uh the last time we were out we were out at a, a park and we were collecting macro invertebrates which sounded very fancy to me until we did it and i thought oh this is these are little critters that are in in the river and they tell us the status of the river's health and so we have that whole conversation of what does that mean and what what critters out there, what macro invertebrates um, indicate that the river is doing well and which ones don't. So it's, it kind of ties in with some of our conversation last time when we were talking about our responsibility to the environment. And I like making those connections with you when we, when we've um, talked about similar topics that kind of keep coming up. Oh yeah, you know, they, they're, they're like they're eternal questions, eternal topics, right? Yes. Um, now you mentioned your science background. Why don't you share a little bit about it? Well, I um, initially was planning to go into medicine when I first graduated from high school. As a matter of fact, much earlier, it wasn't one of those situations where you might might think that, you know, I was expected to be a doctor or a lawyer, which is common sometimes in Asian families who come to the United States as immigrants, and that's sort of a perpetuated story. But that wasn't my case. I really genuinely wanted to help people. And then I completed my biological sciences degree, and I ended up loving microbiology so I did an emphasis in microbiology but then I fell into literature because of one professor and he was teaching nature and science so I took that class as a non-prerequisite and then I ended up doing a minor in literature so I kind of got pushed into two different directions then I ended up going to medical school which is probably new information. It is. <laughs> and so I, I didn't complete medical school. I did honestly get burnt out. Um, and then I ended up going to teaching. Um, and this was in my late 20s. And then after that, I ended up working as an educator for the museum. And then now I'm here for this organization, which is a nonprofit. So when I... When I think about those who are trying to figure out their path, I I wish I could have done a few things differently, but at the same time, where I am right now makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
I think probably because you let it, you know? Mm. Yeah. Being open to the arts, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, the arts are a great thing to let, uh, a great energy world to let guide you, I, th I believe. Um, and science, you know, for me, I, I have a, a background in engineering mm. and um, uh, a love and a long relationship with various art forms. And they overlap too. I, I think you would agree. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. science mm -hmm. is not is not just an cold analysis. In fact, you know, it's also very much intuitive. It's very creative. Um, and it, and when you understand and see nature, we're talking about looking at the science of nature. The the beauty there and the artfulness of nature is is mind blowing. Exactly. I love that you say that there is, you know, that the lines are blurring, really. And um, sometimes it takes us a while to see that, especially if we're intent on learning one discipline. There's a lot of focus that's involved, and I appreciate that. Um, but sometimes it's good to at least could be, and I keep reflecting on some of those who, some of the people that I meet who are much younger and they're, they might feel frustrated because they can't see where it's going, you know, and, and to have that perspective of, oh, pull back, see the whole picture, see how all of these disciplines are related. Um, and really, it's a study of life and how we're engaging in a societal type of building. I mean, engineering is fascinating, the mathematics and all of the things that go into the thought processes and and, uh, and that's just beyond me. Um, I have an appreciation for engineers and those who have studied it. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's a, it is a such a stimulating uh, world to delve into. I, I, I oftentimes, and you probably can relate to this as well. You get so into a set of concepts uh, that time flies by, like reading a physics book or which makes me feel really humbles my <laughs> in terms mm. of my my sense of intelligence self you know the intelligence that I have but when I'm reading a physics book or a mathematics uh, you know, book that you know gets into the the the, the concepts behind the, the 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 principles that we follow I, I'll, I'll look up at the clock and two three hours have passed and <laughs> it seems like you know it was it was a very very short period of time. I love getting lost is what I'm trying to say in, in, in that kind of uh, sort of um, it's intellectual, but it's also it's bigger than that. It's it becomes almost spiritual in some way for me. I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah. It to to link the intellectual to the spiritual is it's it's a maturity. It's a maturity of of how we might connect those important parts of our being. Um, I, I want to be intellectual. I want to be involved with the sciences. Honestly, in the back of my mind, it's as long as I can do it, I want to do this. <laughs> because yeah, as we age, you know, there are some things that we have to come to terms with as far as those intellectual muscles and the capacity that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's nothing to lament. It's actually 
and I was thinking about our conversation and what it would be like today. And I was thinking about passing on the responsibilities to those who are willing to take on those responsibilities, but understanding, knowing when to let go of how much I can do. And I'm, I'm with a team of professionals and they're all in their 20s, some maybe 30s, but mostly 20s. So I'm still wondering why I got hired. <laughs> well, I'm sure they see a value in you for sure. I'm, it's obvious. <laughs> they talked to you I, for a little bit. Thank you. Well, I, you know, it was it wasn't easy. You know, the interview process is daunting these days, and that in itself is it requires a lot of discipline and self evaluation and. Um, and so that was a process in itself. And then now the work comes. Now, you know, I've done that hard work of getting a job. And these these wonderful people are just in awe of the natural world and to the level that I have never experienced because we're outside all the time. And uh, they've welcomed me into this, this sort of family. And I feel like I belong and it's it's a it's a good thing. And it's and it helps me understand that there's possibility for everyone out there who is looking to take the next step. Uh, there's always negative news about the economy and the impending recession. And so we take on that language so easily, but it may not necessarily apply, um, especially when one hasn't dipped their toe into the water so to speak. So I'm, I'm encouraged on behalf of those who are job seeking or looking for a place where they want to feel like they belong. Awesome. I love it. I love the way yeah. I love the way you're describing where you are right now and you get to work with, I mean, you were talking about your colleagues, I believe to a certain extent, but also those young people. Yeah. They're, they're so open, you know, so innocent and in a way, we we're talking about wisdom. Wisdom mm -hmm. usually, you know, we we uh, associate with experience and age, and I think that's uh, correct in many mm -hmm. regards. But there's also a wisdom that comes with innocence. I think. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, in in Punjabi, we we have when we address a child, we don't say, and I think there's a Latin equivalent. It, we don't say tu, we say tu see, meaning tu see is a person who is more elder than us because they have ultimate knowledge. The wisdom of older folks, as you were saying, also is applicable to our young people. And in Punjabi, we say tu see when we address a young person instead of tu because we are acknowledging the fact that they are more knowledgeable because they haven't lost true knowledge, which becomes diluted once society and civilization comes into play mm. in their lives and they acquire certain ways of being. And you could almost extrapolate that to becoming assimilated or being in line with the normatives of society. So the innocence of a child is ultimately the wise one. So uh, those are the initial 
reactions I have to your comment. And I feel that way with my peers. They, 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 they show a love for me as one would in a professional setting. And that comes through when they ask me questions and they assist me with what I'm struggling with. Um, but I, I really enjoy learning from them. They have taught me so much in a short amount of time and it's helped me grow and, and move out of certain spaces that I've been dealing with, with my, my grief process, which is an ongoing thing that has been happening with me having lost both of my parents. Yes. Yes. Uh, we, we talked about that to, to, um, great length last time. And it really helped me out, um, too, because yes. we were talking about how we both lost our, uh, parent in the same year. Um, uh, and I know that was last year, 2022. And, mm -hmm. uh, I know something significant is is coming up for you uh, connected to the passing of your mom. Do, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I had shared with you when we were communicating that I am finally ready to scatter my mother's ashes, and that will happen on September 24. Um, I didn't know how this would happen but a friend of mine will be joining me and we'll go to the bay here in san francisco which is close to sacramento and uh, there's a wonderful um captain who does this for as a service but you know it, it's charged for of course because of all of the the paperwork and things like that but we'll do that soon and that is part of acceptance I think when I was thinking about how that would happen when she first passed it just was horrifying to me going from a live person to a person who doesn't exist emotionally for me and physically but then also letting go of her remains that's a next level thing for me and I had to be ready to do that because all of these two years, I've still felt like she has been with me because of the fact that I have her remains with me. And in some ways I thought, how grotesque is this? I thought to myself that I am holding on to someone's remains like this, but surprisingly, I have spoken to many people who even after decades, still have their loved one's ashes. And I I wouldn't have known that not having gone through it myself because it's not something I would ask about. I wouldn't mm. have thought about that. And so it's all new to me. However, tradition and the respect for my living family members is enough for me to say that this is something that's necessary and it's it's a healthy thing for me emotionally and it's part of letting go so yeah and when you say tradition what uh, what tradition compels you to scatter her ashes uh, and also um i want i'm wondering why the the bay of san francisco 
Well, traditionally, I would say, as far as I know, is that we would take her ashes to a place in India called Hardwar, which is part of the Ganga. Um, the, the British name for the Ganga was the Ganges, which was, which was a name that was given to that river. But Ganga is the correct Sanskrit name for that holy river. And we would scatter her ashes there. So that would be, as far as I know, the tradition. And it has occurred in our family. Like for my, for my grandmother, her elder son took her, her ashes there. Um, but I am, I, to me, it's, it's not something I want to do. It's not, um, I don't think it's appropriate for the times that we are in now and to have her remains scattered in the bay is just as beautiful um and you know that's that's something that she, she we spoke about how she would want that to happen and she had no particular wishes she trusted me at that time and so i'm thinking about all of those different forces that are accumulating in my imagination and helping me make this personal decision. And so that's where we are. And I've made the reservation and I know that it'll be emotional. Uh, I will take the day off the day after and it'll culminate in the way that it needs to culminate for all of us who are living and, uh, I'm looking forward to the next phase of how I perceive this grieving in my life. And and your mother's your mother's name again. Sushil Rani. And you know this is kind of funny. Um I I love that you asked her name and then I thought you might ask her name again. And but then I thought about music and how you always curate such a beautiful ensemble of music, poetry, essays, and the interview. And I thought, what song would be apt this time? And I thought of Sheila because, and it's a pop song. And it, when I was growing up, when it came out on the radio, my younger brother and I would dance to it and we would say, mom, mom, your name is on the radio. <laughs> so, so I was thinking of that song today and I thought, you know, that would be a wonderful song because it's, it's fresh. It's, it's fun. And she smiled when she heard it. So, Oh, that's um, what we're playing then. Definitely. Do, <laughs> I, I think I know the song you're talking about. Do you remember the artist? I don't remember the artist. Um, well, but it wouldn't be hard. I'm sure. Yeah, look it up for me if you would after okay. after our our conversation and just if you could send me that information, I'll I'll find it and then of course that'll be the song we play after our our uh, our conversation. Oh, that would be lovely. Thank oh, you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, well, I I appreciate you sharing all of this, uh, and it is it's beautiful. It's beautiful to to hear you go through your thought process and share also as much as you can with words what you you sense and what you're feeling in your heart and your soul it's 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 beautifully human and i i appreciate it ronnie thank you so much um i 
I wanted to, I'm looking at the list of topics and I wanted to go on to some others so that mm -hmm. it all connects anyhow. Um, let's see, where shall we jump to? If you have one in your mind that you want to go to, by all means, but if not, I can throw something out there. Well, you know, I, um, I've been thinking about the one about feeling alive and being alive. Okay. It seems a little profound and... I'm not sh you always help me figure out where to take my thoughts but I think feeling alive is so important for all of us right now feeling alive versus just living and it's it's almost a cliche but feeling alive is making a difference for oneself I think when we wake up and having a ritual or having something that grounds us even when we expect the terrible, the tragedy, even when we expect something that's uncertain, feeling alive and feeling empowered that one has agency in one's life, I think is very important, especially having gone through the pandemic. And, you know, being a, going back to work and working with young people, I see that as a necessity there has been such a subtraction of one's engagement it's not, it, it, people have been isolated and it's having a reverberation on the psychological status of young and of everyone and feeling alive is something of a mantra feeling alive when we see color, when we engage in art, when we have a conversation, when we're listening to music, all of those things are important. So I think feeling alive is much different than just being alive because being alive is almost saying, does the person have a pulse? And that's true. But feeling alive is where we are going to be able to progress and move out of the psychological dilemmas that we have found ourselves in now. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, you know, I, I've been experiencing that as a, a man in his 50s who has students in their early 20s, uh, and, and some of them are 18, 19. Uh, and I notice, and I, we even make jokes about it in class because of that pandemic, those pandemic years, how, and it was a significant part of their development, uh, they don't feel comfortable in, in social settings. Mm. Uh, you know, even when we're, we're working together in groups, uh, they make note of like, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable sitting here now and, and sharing my point of view with everybody around me. And, 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 and they say themselves, I think it's because of those years I was home Mm -hmm. And doing it via, you know, a computer. Mm -hmm. And and I noticed for myself, I for years now, and maybe it's connected to the pandemic, maybe it's bigger than that. Uh I I I wasn't looking at people in the eyes as mm -hmm. as much as I used to. And I started to again in the last maybe six months. And that makes me feel more alive. Wow. That in and of itself. And mm. uh, just seeing and seeing someone 
in their eyes and then th- them looking back at you and seeing you and feeling like they are seeing you in a way that is 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 real and is healthy it's intimate in a very healthy way that in a very i think important way for mm-hmm. for us to to feel again alive and to and, and to to exist in a in a in a in a in a very harmonious healthy way mhm mhm that's that's brilliant it's beautiful and now i'm going to imagine you looking into my eyes someday because we haven't actually done that yet no we haven't you're right <laughs> oh my goodness that's thank you for sharing that i I, I I know I have some residual effects, a lot of them, obviously, um, because, you know, multiple things have happened to me, too. And that self-reflection is important, too. That's another layer to it, is to teach people how to self-reflect. And I think that's what art is, too, because I remember you were telling me once how you engage with art and how it speaks back to you. Yes. And yes, and I think that that brings us back to the value of self-expression through visual art and through poetry, through essays, through conversation, all of it. And that self-reflection is is a lifesaver. It'll help us understand, okay, this is where I am, this is my assessment, and it it also enables people to reach out and say, I'm not okay about something or I'm not a okay period will you help me because that is a tragedy in itself is someone needing help and not having the ability to reach out when they could have received the help that they needed yes yes for for certain and mm-hmm. I mean the word that pops into mind as as you explain and uh, what you just did is is the word trust, mm. and uh, I mean it, it's trust of others and also trusting yourself mm-hmm. at the same time. And uh, f- for whatever reason, maybe it is some of the major th- uh, things that we've incidents uh, incidences that we've uh, shared, uh, we've experienced. Um, on a, you know, i.e. the pandemic and, and social injustice and all kinds of tragedies that we hear about um, via the news. And also just individually, as you, the longer you are on the planet, if you are reflecting in any way and you are really experiencing life, it, it, tosses, and t- it tosses you around. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, so I'm not sure. It, it, it could make you wonder if you should trust uh, yourself, if you, if you should trust other people. That vulnerability, um, you know, it, if you, I think, w- work through it, you become stronger and your trust becomes more deeply rooted. Uh, and, and, and that, but you have to, you have to, we have to weather it, you know, it mm-hmm. being your experiences, your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I like what you're saying because as you're talking, I can see that you're sort of working through that too. No I mean, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> this is not... I mean, I, it's, it's even, it's hard to pinpoint with just language. Um, and, but you, but belief in the process of 
reflecting and belief that there's there's good and there's elation and there's joy and those things haven't disappeared they just are yet to experience again and trust is essential and that goes along with healing too healing oneself and once we recognize that particular things or scenarios or situations are taking us into a direction that may not help us heal, then we become more empowered and we can make positive choices for ourselves and seek out help if we need or turn to people or make decisions throughout our day that'll help. So I'm not going to have that cup of coffee, right? Simple, simple stuff like that or something big that I'm not going to take that job, but I'm going to take this job. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, and and it's it's amazing, as you said, our our young folks are really just so mature and so open, and they 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 are just really surprised, happily surprised, and grateful to be able to see this. And I'm really optimistic about everything. I love that. <laughs> You're optimistic about everything. That that's so nice to hear. <laughs> it really <Good>. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being uh, what's the, what's the, what is it called? Uh, toxic positivity. Yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I I promise. I really do believe it. And um, and uh, I think one of the things that I've done, and this has been throughout the time that you and I have shared conversations, is I have sort of taken myself out of the normative kind of movement you mean day to day yeah i uh, okay so so this is a little bit more i i i don't have a tv i don't watch the news and i don't use social media um i'm on while i was looking for a job i was on linkedin so I'm there, but that's pretty much your resume. And so I've intentionally said, this is not for me right now. And so that's enabled me to be focused on the few things that I want to do well. So that's amazing. It, might, it, it sounds amazing, but I know I'm missing on uh, missing out on a lot. I, you know, I, I, I know I'm missing out on some great things that are happening, but I trust that people are taking care of themselves. I do admit that I have a radio in my vehicle and I did learn about what happened in Libya. And so this is how my mind works. I went immediately to my bookshelf and I picked out Fugitive Atlas by Khaled Matawa, who's a Libyan poet. And so while when I do catch something that's going on, I go to my people in my on my shelf and I, I want to see what 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 they have said, what how they feel about their their environment and their country. Um, what are they doing? So I kind of bring it back to the art so that I'm not wrapped up into the lamenting of loss of life and the lamenting of re-wounding re 
re-traumatization is what I'm trying to avoid. And and that's just coming, do you think, from the way uh, we fixate and and just constantly go over and over and over again through the news media, what, what occurs in the world, tragedies that are occurring? Like, I think when you said Libya, you're talking about the flooding in Libya. Yes. Um, is that, I mean, that I, I hear that from a, a lot of uh, my guests actually, Almighty Todd is someone you have to meet someday. He's one. Mm. Of, he he talks about this sort of thing all the time. He how you have to watch what you ingest, not just you know in terms of the food you put in your mouth, but what you ingest into your into your mind and you know and in, in, through your eyes by the the things that you're reading, the things that you're watching, and and they have a huge effect on on the way you you live your life, how you're existing. Um, yes, and the media is meant to really sort of keep you tuned in, mm-hmm. but by emotionally sort of capturing you or something. Yes, I, I think about that a lot, and I I would love to meet Almighty Todd someday. We'll have to plan it on put it on our calendar. Yes. <laughs> He's in Vermont, and you're oh, in Sacramento, okay. Okay. and I'm in the, the mountains of northeastern Pennsylvania, so okay. it should be interesting. Well, we're in the same country. How's yeah, that? That helps. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, and this whole conversation relates to AI technology, right? I mean, where is all of the information coming from? Well, it's coming from accumulated data that has been created by humans. And it's been it's been dumped into, let's say, a container, and AI is consistently producing information that's based on what's in the container. But that container has been created by people. But the the mechanism, and you're the you're the engineer, so you probably speak better to this. But this comes to physical, mental an emotional balance. Mm -hmm. So the internet is catering only to a select few things in the human existence of, I would say the chakras. So if you, if you look at the chakras, for example, this is one example of looking at how the body body balances one aspect or two aspects of that system is highly sensitized when one engages with the internet. So that puts people at risk if they're vulnerable and they don't have intentionality, they don't have a limit and understand how that is affecting their physical existence, their mental existence. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I mean, I'm saying it, in a very complicated manner, but no. basically like know, know when to turn it off, right? Understand what it's doing to you. Uh, yes, exactly. And I thought that was very clear. It wasn't complicated at all. Oh, well, good. Well said. Well said. Roni Bopla, regular okay. contributor, I'm happy to say, talking with us from her place in Sacramento, California, British Indo-American poet, visual artist, teacher, scientist, you're you're everything. You're you're a, a polymath. I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm I'm uh, just I'm just happy that at least one person that's you 
who is interested in what I have to say. So at least I have one 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 person. <laughs> no, I think you have more than that. We have a lot of listeners that really enjoy your time here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. And um, I thank you again for being on this go-round. And uh, if you have any closing thoughts to share with our listeners until next time, I'd love to hear them. Well, I I wrote a poem this morning, and it's quite short. So it goes along with my hope for anyone who's out there who's interested in writing poetry or creating something or wants to just put down a few words that will help them. Perfect. And it's, it's, it's titled Ritual. Ritual. I wait for sunrise this cool black morning. Heat. Inevitable as ritual. A cup of sweet fennel seed chai. Steeped with green cardamom shells and seeds cracked with the force of finger and thumb or between teeth with every sip take delight press on even as shadows appear thank you beautiful sister beautiful thank you my brother i love you so much thank you so much for doing what you do for me, for the whole community at large. You're amazing. Oh, enough. Are you kidding me? You're amazing. <laughs> and I love you as well. Thank you Thank for being you. part of this. It's it's wonderful. I can't wait till one of these days we get together and uh, hang out. Eye to eye. Yeah, eye to eye. eye. Exactly. <laughs> we'll talk with you soon. And uh, have have a, have a, a blessed time in uh, the San Francisco Bay. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Laughing always say it's good for the geese. It's always good for the gander. Irish sailor. Over only 
Baseball at the end of summer and the beginning of fall. Walks in the park and through the neighborhood tells it all. Football and soccer, ballet and bird watching, drinking beer and wine and water, doing time, feeling fine, feeling old and new and lost and found and all around, dirty and drowned, pure and profound. The sun hits the earth at a particular angle this time of year. I like it, and for a few moments I'm clear. I cannot remember anything you say when the streets are talking. Yeah, they call my name. And I walk a little further. I could go all day. And the trees are reaching, pointing out the way.
got something on your mind Tick tock, can I take it for a while? Hey guy, have you got something on your mind? Tick tock, could I take it for a while? And there you have it, episode 541 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Roni Bopla. And these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, The Flaming Lips, Ready for the World, Middle Kids, Brantford Marsalis and Terence Blanchard too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care of yourself. <laughs>